day 66. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. All right. So the book of Judges, right? So, man, we literally left off uh, with Job last time. And again, we're doing a modified <laughs> chronological Bible. Job was in the time of the patriarchs, right. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then, um, you know, Joshua was where we left off before that. So we had to go back to Job. But th- but Judges um, comes after Joshua chronologically. Right. Right. And so um, you see that the people of God come into the land. Joshua is faithful. Right. And, you know, he gives the people the promised land. Right. right? And so the people are in the land, yeah. and it's continuing that story. Right. Joshua dies. Right. And what Judges is going to show us, bro, is the decline of a nation. Right. The spiritual and moral decline of mm. Israel. Right. right. And it's not just any nation. This is God's chosen people. Right. right? And you're going to see this downward spiral of the entire people. And of the judges themselves, right? Right. So who right. are judges? The judges are these military tribal leaders that God is going to raise up to defend the people of God against their enemies. Right. Right. And so Joshua's gone, and the book is going to highlight, fam. Hear this: the Canaanization of Israel. Right. Israel is supposed to go in and take the land of Can- Canaan right. and make it a holy land where God can dwell with His people. Right. But you're going to see that they become more like Canaan right. than they do like. God. Yeah. And so the book just kind of highlights That's it. that story. One more thing that we say all the time too here is you have to remember God's work outlives God's workers, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Moses took the people yeah. out of slavery, led them for 40 years in the wilderness mm-hmm. before they get to the promised land. He's getting ready to pass the torch off to Joshua. Remember the book of Joshua starts off, right? Moses wrote five books of the Bible, the book of Joshua gives Moses five words as a eulogy after the death of Moses, and the story keeps on keeps going. moving. Joshua was 30 and one. He almost had an undefeated season when it came Tough. to war, yeah. led the people of God into the promised land. Yeah. And for all of that, Joshua gets a five-word eulogy mm. after the death of Joshua. The mm. good news is that God's work always outlives God's workers yeah. and so god's work is going to continue to go through but like he said yo joshua fan or judges you see this you know downward spiral mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and it's not just a downward decline mm-hmm. it's a downward spiral one of the things you know mm-hmm. is that a spiral goes in a circle and the book of judges is going to be these yeah cycles yeah israel disobeys mm-hmm. god disciplines them yeah they're in grief they're in sorrow they repent they cry out for help god saves them and then it goes israel disobeys yeah and on and on and on until by the time you get to the end of the book you see a couple of times of god's like listen i ain't even gonna wait on y'all to call out to me to be saved Mm. Because y'all are so far gone that y'all aren't even going to call out to me to be saved. If you're going to be saved, I'm just going to have to dive into the pool because you're going to be, you're going to, right, drown in your immorality. Right. And you're just going to accept things as they are. And the only way that you're going to be saved is because of my kindness, not your sensibility. Yeah. Just to give you some pillars too, again, there's so much in Judges. Judges is actually a literary masterpiece, right? Oh my goodness. 
aesthetically uh, put together in such a way that it just highlights so many cool and interesting things. But just uh, to give you a kind of overview, chapters one and two are prologues. Right. Right. So just like a regular book, right? A prologue helps you understand the contents of the book. Right. And that pattern that John described is going to be in chapter two. Right. Right. In chapter one, it's going to give you this geographical overview right? right so the book of judges is not organized chronologically right it's organized geographically right right, right. and it's this south to north progression right right where you start with judah at the beginning and then it goes north and north and north but also that is the pattern of the sin right, right. so the further north you go the worse they're gonna they're gonna be yep right and so the book is just trying to give you these floorboards three through 16 god's gonna raise up those judges right right, right right where you see those patterns and then 17 to 21 is the epilogue and you see how bad it's actually gotten to where everybody's doing what is right in their own eyes right yeah and i love what you brought up the book goes uh, south to north yeah as you move up geographically yeah you move down morally yeah and yeah. so it is this you know, there's an incline on the map, but yeah. you see a decline, decline in the morality of the people. So you see even the literary artistry right, that he's right. organizing and say like, this is what happened right. here. And so uh, one of the things that's interesting too, bro, is that this joint is prophetic in a sense. Mm. Why? Because later in Israel's history, the kingdoms will split. Right. And you know which one will be the worst first. Yeah. Israel in the north. Right. And right. then Judah in the south. Right. right. So it's... It's even kind of like foreshadowing what would come. In chapter one, what was dope? This south to north progression, yeah, right? Yeah. So geographically, that's how it's organized. Judah starts out. Remember, Judah was supposed to be that tribe, right? Right. Prophesied by Jacob in Genesis 49. They were supposed right. to be the ones that led, yeah. right? So it starts off there. But as you move further down in chapter one, you know what you get? Yeah. When it talks about Asher and Naphtali, yeah. no longer is it. You know, the Israelites conquered these people. Right. And then the Canaanites live with them. Right. It's now Asher and Naphtali are living with with the the Canaanites. Canaanites. Yeah. Right. So you see, the book is just trying to show us like, no, they are going to be Canaanites. And this is what I want to say, man. Like at the end of the day, God wants us to obey him for our own good. Mm. Right. And you see that it is worse for the people of God when they disobey the God that they were called to serve. Right. Mm. They are no longer the Canaanites are no longer living with them. They are now living with Canaanites. Yeah. Man, it as it goes on, right, it talks about the fact that they were supposed to, you know, conquer these lands, conquer these lands, Mm -hmm. conquer these lands. Mm -hmm. And then what you get is you get this slow progression of ah, but instead of conquering or driving out right the people that would influence them, Mm -hmm. they put them to forced labor. And this is one of the crazy things that you see. Yeah. A people group who had been enslaved for mm. 400 years, mm. once they get power, yeah. they turn into enslavers themselves. That's good. Right? And the reason why God's going to say to drive them out is this. God's going to be like, no, 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 listen. I told you to destroy these things that are going to sidetrack you and pull you away from me and we tend to believe that we can domesticate what god told us to destroy that's good we tend to think that when it comes to the sins and the things that god tells us to put away that we can say no 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 no, i don't have to dismantle it i don't have to throw it away yeah i'll just confine it to this corner where i can control it yeah and it doesn't work that you cannot dim 
domesticate mm. what God has told you to destroy. And here, throughout this book, we see Israel's failed attempts to do so. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And then in, in two, bro, so like if one is more the geographical, two is more theological. Right. Right. So where he's going to say, hey, like this is God's covenant. The angel right. of the Lord will come. Now notice yeah. there's no prophet. The right. judges are not prophets. Right. Right. It was Moses and Joshua. And then now for this period, there's no prophet. Right. right? So the prophetic word isn't going to come through the angel of the Lord. Right. And he's going to be like, hey, the Lord brought you out of Egypt yeah. to be a holy people in this land. Yeah. And y'all have disobeyed him. Right. Right. And turned to other gods. Right. And he's going to go through the pattern of that cycle you talked yeah. about. You know, they disobey. God, get ang- God gets angry. Enemies come. Yeah. God sends a judge. Right. Rest for a time. Right. And then they go back into sin. Right. And so two is going to just outline that. And one of the things that the text is trying to show us, bro, that there, again, we're going to say this over and over. There is a temptation yeah. to just serve the gods right. of the culture around you. Right. right. And that's what Israel does. Right. So much so later we're going to see that they're going to start relating to their own God. Right. Like the people of the nation mm. relate to their gods. Mm. And so for us today, it may not be Baal and Ashtaroth, <laughs> but it may be money and materialism and comfort and ease and nationalism, politics, whatever it is. Yeah. We just have to be careful, bro, that we're not serving the God of our nation that we're living in or the state or area we're living in, but the God of the universe who's not confined to a particular nation or geographical region. And that we aren't serving our God in the way those other gods yep. want to be served, yeah. right? Money wants to be served in a very transactional manner. That's good. And it's easy for us to take that and to say, no, 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 no. I worship the true God, but I worship mm-hmm. him as if he were money. Now, let me just give him what he wants so that he can give me what I want God is not to be related to transactionally. Mm-hmm. He's a father, not an employer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so six judges, right? The book is really organized in the three through 16 through six judges. Afniel, Ehud, Deborah and Barak, they work together. Gideon, Jephthah, and Samson. Samson. And guess what? The judges will get worse, worse and, and worse, worse and, and worse. worse. I'm sorry. I know you heard that Samson was <laughs> this Wait hero. until you hear the <laughs> Samson story. It is not what they told you, you in the Bible story. growing up. It's not. Oh, it's my not, goodness. Man. And so, um, yeah, so Afnio is first. And, and what you see is, man, is that salvation, bro. Yeah. Like, God is going to save his people. And salvation is about being saved from our enemies. Right. And that's what God does in Christ. Right. He saves us from our ultimate enemies. Right. Sin, death, and Satan. Right. Yep. And so here, when the enemies come against the people of God, God is going to raise up a judge or a savior. Right. Right. It's, it's a close uh, relationship there uh, to save his people yep. from the enemies. And the judges are either going to be the most unlikely people mm-hmm. or they're going to seem like a likely person, but they're going to save the people in the most unlikely ways. Yeah. Right. So, so Ehud. Yeah. Right. So Ehud is the second judge. Right. Right. And it's this dude Eglon who's bothering the people of God. Yeah. And you just see the literary artistry too. Yeah. Ehud is from the tribe of Benjamin. Right. Right. Benjamin means son of the right hand. Right. Ehud is left handed. He he's a lefty. He's a lefty. So right. you see the irony there. Right. Now, because he's a lefty, his sword is on his right side. So when he comes to- So when they come and pat him down- Yeah. He's like, nah, man. Nah, yo, yo, I'm good. I'm good. Just check me. <laughs> yeah, just check me. Check, check me. me so all right, the sword is not on the left side, yeah. right? But it's on the right side. Yeah. So when he comes to Eglon, Eglon is this fat- Yeah. <laughs> fat- Big uh, dude. Big dude. Yeah. <laughs> big leader, right? Yeah. Of this pagan nation. And you see Ehud take the sword and stick it into Eglon. And what's so funny is um, that uh, Eglon's name- means calf Mm. so you see that 
there's this slaughtered calf. Ah, uh, come on. That comes. Come on. To 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 provide the deliverance mm. of God's people. That's good. Right? And so, yeah, it's just so many themes that 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 comes back from Leviticus and over over and later like Jesus will be the slaughtered lamb. You see that kind of uh theme coming up yeah. uh, in the book of Judges as mm. well. That's good, bro. Yeah. And then four. Yep. Deborah and Barak. And one of the things you're going to see uh in Judges too is the role of women, yep. right? And it's all throughout the Bible. And this yeah. is why I love the Bible, right? right? We live in a society that tends to devalue and underemphasize the importance of women. Yeah. And what God is going to say is like they have an integral role right. in salvation history. Absolutely. If you think about it, bro, mm. our, the, our Lord right. came through Mary, right? right. A, a, a virgin. And so Deborah and Barak will come here yeah. and you'll just see their faithfulness or Deborah's faithfulness right. in the absence of Barak's faithlessness. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, yeah, just the, the, the role of women in the yeah. book is done. And it's, uh, so I mean, you see this here. You also, and we're going to give it away, but the book of Ruth takes place in the time of the judges. Of the judges as and well. what you see is that same backdrop, mm -hmm. right? Ruth is a foreign woman, and she's going to be the one shining example mm -hmm. of faithfulness, loyalty, and love in this time period. And it's, yeah, that same thing that you're yeah. going to see God is constantly going to push against cultural sensibilities yeah. and instincts and yeah. show, no, 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 wait a minute. Yo, men and women are created both fully and completely in my image yeah. and they have value and dignity independent of one another right. but yeah best seen in collaboration and cooperation towards my yeah. end goal and what's funny is the last thing i'll say here man um you know in chapter four yeah. you have the deborah and barack kind of yeah. uh season or era yeah and in what's ironic about the deborah and barack era yeah is that jael mm. right will actually provide the deliverance for the people of God. Who is right. Jael? Jael's not even an Israelite. Right. She's a Kenite. Mm. But they had an alliance with Israel. Why? Right. Because Jethro, right. Moses' father-in-law, yeah. right? the Kenites were descended from him. Yeah. And the text will actually tell us that. Yeah. And so Jael comes through and provides the deliverance yeah. when she sticks a tent peg in the head of <sighs> Sisera. Right? Yeah. She was different. <laughs> right. So she sticks this tent peg in the head of Sisera. And you know what that like alludes to subtly? What God said in Genesis 3.15, mm. where he said the seed of the woman will crush the, the head, head of, of the, the snake. Of the serpent. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like the enemy's head is being crushed yeah. here. Ah, right? yeah. And in the same way that God would use a woman, Eve, to yeah. bring the seed, we see a woman here uh, delivering the people of God. Yeah. And yeah, chapter five is the the long song about how God did it. And, and we'll get and to that. We'll yeah, get to that. But, but you just see that in unlikely ways, right? God used a non-Israelite mm -hmm. to provide the deliverance of his people. So even in the midst of this downward spiral of sin yeah. and rebellion, yeah. God is going to do uh, the, you know, the unlikely extraordinary things through the least likely people yeah. and means. Yeah. Father, we thank you that as we find ourselves in a world that finds itself in its own downward spiral, we don't have to be without hope, Lord, even when our world is going uh, downhill, you remain present, providing deliverance and salvation and safety and redemption through the most unlikely people and the most unlikely means. I pray that this text today highlighting, giving us a window into your faithfulness would build our faith and confidence in you.